0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Missanelli podcast on a Sunday night. Yes, Sunday night, a fresh reaction podcast tonight after the Eagles took care of the San Francisco 49ers. And I was sitting here and I just can't believe it. It is almost incomprehensible to know that after such long heartache in this town of not winning, especially in a city where football is king It is now possible the Eagles will win two Super Bowls in their last five years. It is a long, hard climb to excellence in this town for the Philadelphia Eagles, but they've achieved it, and uh, we're giving you the fresh reaction of what everybody lived through today watching that game. Uh, It's an amazing run. I mean, let's face it. The Eagles all year long proved they were the best team in the NFC. They were doubted by everyone, and they crystallized that today by whooping the San Francisco 49ers. Now, let's let's put some perspective on it, okay? I'm not going to try to con you about today. The Eagles got the golden ticket early in this game when 49ers quarterback Brock Purdy had to leave the game with an elbow injury. Now, I don't know how Brock Purdy would have played. It was the marquee matchup in this game, whether he was going to be able to handle the hot lights of this game, the hottest lights he has ever faced. And so we all looked at it like, could Purdy come into Philadelphia and be the number one seed? That was the main theme. After he got hurt, we didn't have to worry about that. Because let's face it, um, it what the, the 49ers had absolutely no chance to score after they tied it at 7-7. They, they had that one drive, and they were fine. They got the touchdown. But Purdy had the game you saw with Josh Johnson in the game. It was frankly an embarrassment for them to try to win the game. They had no chance to move the football. They they were resorted to, to having to run the football the whole game. Poor Christian McCaffrey earned every cent of his paycheck. He got his ass beat up. But the, the Eagles, I don't want to take away anything from the Eagles because it really that's not the story. The, the 49ers had no chance to score. I get it. But the story is this team. The story is the Eagles and how they were put together. And, how they were coached and and the players they signed to build this team, and the holes that they fill and it's just an amazing story to watch this team doubted almost every week uh, among the national pundits how they grew, and now they're just one win away from another Super Bowl it's just hard to believe i can't I can't even fathom the emotion that is going through the people of Philadelphia and myself uh it, it's just it's overwhelming. Uh, we witnessed the quarterback. Who came into the season with doubts, with doubts from even the, the strongest Eagle fan? Well, how how would he how would he be? Would he be able to grow? He grew right before our eyes into an MVP candidate. The guys that they signed were the perfect signings to fill in the gaps, and they steamrolled everybody. Now Jalen Hurts went sixteen and one. You know we we forget about you know the two losses that that he wasn't responsible for, and they had Minshew in there. 16-1, and one, this guy goes. It's, it's a memorable season. It, we're witnessing a team that's the best team, I believe, in this franchise's history. Uh, and that's saying a lot. Just think about that for a second. That in, in your lifetime now, after all the misery the Philadelphia fans suffered, now they've got uh, a Super Bowl in, on, on their, uh, notch on their belt and another one with a team that's even better than the one that won the Super Bowl. So we're going to go inside this game, and uh, like I say, we're, we're all fresh uh, watching this game. We're all filled with emotion. Uh, I know the city is popping right now. They're, they're out in the streets, uh, and this is going to be uh, uh, an interesting two weeks in anticipation for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Let me bring my producer, Darren, in here. Darren, you were at the game. Um, I, listen, the game wasn't in doubt, but that didn't really, uh, I don't think, dampen the, the uh the enthusiasm for the crowd witnessing what they were witnessing. So
1: give me, give me a perspective on what you were involved with down being at the stadium. All right. So uh, first of all, I had my both my daughters with me tonight, my 11 and 13 year old daughters down there tonight, their first playoff game. So I can give you a couple perspectives. I can give you mine, and I can give you the perspective of some wide eyed young ladies in the house with that crowd uh, and that game. I will. Say, there's a couple of things I have to say about this game and how it felt being there, it was a really weird game. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't find a better word to describe this game than strange. I never, ever, not even when Purdy was in the game, when they, when they scored, when McCaffrey scored, I never at any point thought the 49ers were going to win the game. I never even thought they were in the game. As good as the Niners' defense played for much of the first half, I never felt the Niners had a shot in this game. Uh, And but on top of that, boy, uh, Hertz did make the plays when he had to. But for the most part, Jalen looked terrible tonight. He was overthrowing, he was underthrowing, throwing throwing balls were sailing on him out of bounds. So it was a really strange game. In that, I never thought that it was in doubt. But the quarterback was maybe playing the worst game of his season, and the defense for San Francisco was playing so good in the first half. And yet, I just had never. It was never a doubt for me. And, and a lot of the crowd kind of felt the same way around me. It wasn't like a raucous, wild crowd. It was just like, what's, what's going on? I didn't even know Purdy was out of the game for like a series or two. Uh, that's how strange it was. Tonight.
0: Yeah, it was a very strange game. But, you know, I thought the crowd reacted very well. I think more in appreciation for what this team has accomplished uh, rather than what they were doing in this particular game. Because let's face it, if, if you're a football fan, you, you saw the game. The 49ers completely disintegrated once the quarterback went out. Uh, and you saw that uh, in their penalties. You saw that in their focus. And their defense tried really hard to keep them in the game. But when you know that uh, you, you can't score uh, because you're playing with your fourth-string quarterback who had just been signed to their practice squad, it demoralizes, I think, your whole, your whole mission uh, to win the game. So, so let's, start, uh, let's start out and, and, and unfold the developments in this game. We talked about it last week when we were previewing this game. That the Eagles, if they won the toss, should really not defer and accept the ball. Well, the 49ers made that easy for them. Because the 49ers deferred. Now, I'm going inside this whole thing. There are two two sides to this. One is, you have the number one ranked defense. So why wouldn't you want to put your defense on the field first? However, the thing that trumps that is that the Eagles had the best opening drive touchdown ratio in the league. So, you know, this was one of their strengths. They, they, when they get the ball first, they usually get ahead. They usually put together a pretty good drive. And that's exactly what happened. And Boston Scott gave him a lift. It's one thing you kick the ball out of the end zone and you got to start at 25. Boston Scott gave him a pretty good return. He got him to the 33 and it jacked up the crowd a little bit. Uh, now, there they was an AJ pass and a Miles Sanders first two plays, and then the fingertip catch by AJ on, on third down with a rush in his face. So now we get to a fourth down and three a little later in that, at the 35 yard line. They're fourth and three. Now, this is a game that's a, a, a huge game, right? And, and I'm thinking to myself, there is no way you go for it. The old conventional thinking when you were in a situation like that, is that you always punt. Now that analytics have taken control of the game, the, uh, the, the 49ers' defense, as, as stiff as it was, they didn't hesitate to go for it there. And, and they go for it, and they throw the long ball uh, to Devontae Smith. Now, let's, let's go inside that play. It looked like Devontae Smith had the pattern, and he, he then saw that Jalen scrambled to the left, and then what the receivers are taught to do, dart to the end to, towards the end zone and he did that so the throw comes in and he makes just this crazy catch and and, and ignites the crowd now I'm, I'm sitting here going okay it looks like a catch to me but uh Devante smith gets up and and he's hurrying everybody to, to run the next play now that should be a tip-off to the head coach or the analytics guy in the booth or any number of 12 coaches that are on the sideline, hey, he might not have caught that ball. Throw the challenge flag. They don't throw the challenge flag. And, and the Eagles snap the ball, and they get the Miles Sanders rushing TD to go up 7-0. Now, there's a couple things we look at in that drive. The first thing is the kickoff return to Jackson. The The second thing is they go for it on fourth and three, which I wouldn't have done. i got to be honest with you. I would not have, have, have gone for it on, in that situation. I would have never wanted to give the 49ers the ball that deep in the territory, but they make it work, and they take a 7-0 lead. All right, the 49ers' first drive, I started to worry a little bit because if you remember, the first play is to George Kittle, and Kaiser White is trailing him, and he obviously can't cover Kittle. And I'm going, okay, well, they're going to probably do that all game. And then the golden play comes. You know, we talk about uh, the Eagles playing a depleted team. Well, how are they depleted? They were depleted because Hassan Redick made a great play. And, and you know, like in the old days, he used to say, you got to knock out the quarterback, Al Davis. Hit the quarterback and hit him hard. Get him out of the game. Knock him out of the game. Well, this knocked him out of the game. He he hit his arm and and, and wrenched his elbow. I mean, I saw it when the, when the play happens. And the ball floats in the air. And first, we we're disappointed that T.J. Edwards couldn't hold the ball for an interception. But the challenge comes out, and the replay says it's a fumble, and the Eagles recover uh, at the at the forty nine. Now, that drive didn't get him anything, but what that drive did was turn the whole game around because Purdy's now out. Now, this Golden Boy who had been the author of of a lot of wins in a row, and e- even though we looked at it and said, "Okay, can he do it under these hot lights?" The fact that he's out of the game at that point and Josh Johnson has to play, for me, seals the deal. Now, it took a while because the Eagles slogged around and their offense did not look good. In fact, the next three drives, three plays and a punt, they gained six yards on that drive. Four plays and a punt, they gained 11 yards on that drive. Three plays and a punt, minus four on that drive. So they, they, they ran 10 plays in the next three drives, and gain 13 yards. That's keeping the 49ers in the game. And the 49ers score off it. Now, Christian McCaffrey, I've got a lot of respect for the guy because he he came into the game banged up, and uh, he was the only thing they had. And and so he scores that 23-yard TD. He runs over Epps. Slay misses him, as usual. Slay's missed a lot of tackles this year. And then he absolutely runs over C.J. Garner-Johnson, which is a feat. Because C.J. Gardner-Johnson is tough. And and C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Hassan Reddick have really completed this defense. So the fact that he ran over him, the 49ers go sixth place, 46 yards. And now we're tied at seven. All right, now, Darren, you said at that point you still didn't think the 49ers could could win the game. Um, Why
1: not? Because the fourth-string quarterback was likely going to play the rest of the game. And even though, and it took a miracle run by McCaffrey, really, to get them, like that was the big play on the drive, the touchdown run, and it was a hell of a run. I give it all all credit to McCaffrey, uh, but like, Josh Johnson, like I don't think he's been on the roster. I don't think he's been on the, I don't think he was on the roster in December.
0: <laughs> no, he, listen, he stinks. So, so I get it. When, when, when Purdy went out, I kept thinking that Purdy was going to come back. And he gave. he goes into the locker room and, and he comes back out. Uh, and, they're, and they're working on his arm. I mean, they're icing his arm. They're putting liniment on his arm. And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to suck it up and, and come back in and play. Now, I don't know how 49er fans feel about that, but it looked like the kid just didn't want any part of the game once that happened. And now we're used to to players sucking it up, coming back in. Uh, and I can't make a medical diagnosis on what happened to him. But it's almost like he <laughs> he better have Tommy John surgery, in order not to come back in that game, but whatever happened to him, injury. it was clear he, he couldn't throw the ball and I don't want to cast aspersions on him, but he looked like he, you know, he just wasn't willing to come back in the game and play with the pain or whatever it was. But did he look comfortable uh, to okay, you so before let's, the now, injury
1: though? Like he didn't look comfortable even before the injury to me.
0: He looked. Fit. I mean, he completed the first pass to Kittle. He threw a dime. He was four for his first four. So, uh, yeah, I know the way they play They're with him. They them. they use the middle of the field, and I thought that was going to happen all game long. And it really worried me that they hit Kittle on that first play with Kaiser White trying to cover him in the, on that situation. And I thought Shanahan was really going to exploit that. All right, so uh, he he's out of the game. Now the Eagles have a fourth and one at the thirty-four, and and and, and again I go okay. Well, this is the It's 7-7, and uh, I'm punting. You know, it's the old-school mentality. But they have the quarterback sneak magic. And uh, Sirianni, and I'll give him credit, was fearless in that kind of a situation and said, we convert this all the time. Jalen Hurts has been stopped once on this quarterback sneak. Gordon Minshew was stopped once on this quarterback sneak. We had a coach this play, and and so we're going to go for it. And and they and they go for it and and they get a first down. It is the penalty uh, on uh, a, a pass interference penalty. They get another first down. There's another penalty, hands to the face. Uh, so there were three penalties on that drive that the 49ers helped them out with. However, there were two great plays in that drive, and they were both made by Kenneth Gainwell. There was the short pass to him, and then he rushed for a first down, which put the ball at the 44, and then. He burst for 17 right before the two minute warning. So they've got a first down at the 24. Uh, another penalty moves him down to the 18, and then Miles Sanders uh, takes it in. You now it's 14 to 7. That's a 14 play, 75 yard drive. And so now the 49ers are playing with Josh Johnson. If I'm playing with Josh Johnson, I go, you know what? We're good. It's 14 to 7. There's no way I'm going to let this guy handle the drive, and try to score or move the ball down the field. I know what I've got here. There's no way I'm trusting this situation. Well, they trusted it. And what did he do? He fumbled a shotgun snap. Now, a guy like that who's a journeyman quarterback, who's been in the league 100 years, the one thing you expect him to like you're not expecting him to throw a dart down the field. You're expecting him to hand off, run off a little bit of an offense, not make heroic plays. The one thing you, you have to expect him to do is catch a snap. And I thought the guy was so out of his element and so nervous and so overwhelmed. And, like, I hate bad quarterback play. I hate quarterbacks that have hung around for 15 years being a third stringer and a practice squad guy and having to come into a game. But Shanahan, who should know better, entrusted Josh Johnson to do something in that situation. Uh, and uh, they the, the Eagles took advantage of it. Uh, they, they get the ball at the thirty-yard line of San Francisco after that fumble snap. There's a face mask penalty that helps them get there, and then boston Scott uh, trudges in, and it's twenty-one to seven, and and that and the game is over at that point at twenty-one to seven. And, and, and I'm thinking, well, you know, what's the second half going to bring? There's n- the the intrigue of this game has been taken, and I'll take it because well, that means at halftime, if you're sitting around with your friends, you're watching this game or wherever you were at halftime. You know the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Is that the way it felt to you watching the game?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Again, I I never felt like the Niners were in the game. And and once it's 21-7, to you know at that point it's party time because they're not – even with Purdy, they're not built to come back from two touchdowns down. He doesn't throw the ball past 30 yards. So especially with him out of the game, absolutely. At that point, we're going to the Super Bowl. And it was almost like – yeah, it was like a more of a relaxed like party atmosphere in the second half.
0: Yeah, the the outcome was already determined. Uh and that's what I say that they got on easy street. And I'm not going to I'm not going to blame them for uh, getting on the easy street. Their guy made a play that put them on easy street by taking that quarterback out. But it was fairly evident there was no way the Eagles could lose that game. There was no way that team was going to come back and score and make it uh, even a game. And, and so yeah yeah like you looked at other stuff in this game yeah, there was a there was a roughing the punter uh a penalty there was a uh the, the punter kicked and, and hit the wire and uh like they could they didn't have video evidence enough like I'm looking at the play that was uh, on replay and, and the boy, you know, it's like when you shoot a a duck <laughs> and the duck you, know, you wing it, and the duck veers off right and and its flight is cut off. That's what happened to that football. It went it went up in the air and somehow it veered uh, off to the left. So I thought they actually had enough video evidence to say that that hit the wire, which would have been uh, a replay instead of a bad kick. Uh, but it didn't turn out to matter. Um, and, and so the Eagles then uh, there, there was also another uh, in the second half. The outcome was determined. They they get up twenty eight to seven. They had a field goal to make it thirty one to seven. There was a point late in that game that I, I questioned what Sirianni was thinking. Um, he had Hurts he, he had run the ball three straight times. And if you remember this sequence, he, he, had him, he got rocked on the right shoulder. And, and he got up and he was Winston. And, he, and so what did they do? They run him two straight more times. And I'm going, dude, what are you doing? Uh, but, but again, nothing they did was going to stop them from winning this game. And uh, it's just, you know, let's just look at the whole season and, and what they did here. Um, they, they were, the middle of the season, they worried about their defensive tackle. Let's go back even further than that. All right, so let's go back on how they built the team. I don't know that they knew what they had in, in Jalen Hurts. But what they did was they brought a, a wide receiver number one on their team to make it a lot easier for them. And and so with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith now in his second year and Miles Sanders and the three running backs that they had that really contributed with an offensive line that may be the best in the league, they were able to solve that problem right away with a tight end also. The offense hummed, and the offense hummed because of what Jalen Hurts brought to that offense. There's no question. Now, what he brought to the offense was also helped by what they had around him. But there was nobody that could defend him. And he made smart throws. So with that combination, their offense was literally unstoppable this year. And, and, and they proved it. So, so that's it. They, they conquered that. Now, defensively, they needed some improvements. They go out they sign Bradbury. They go out and they get C.J. Garner-Johnson, which is a stroke of genius. You know, for a long time, I've been a detractor of Howie Roseman. But he went out and he filled spots that he needed. There was improvement in the linebacker uh, position. They got Kaiser White. Yeah, he was he was mediocre all year. But T.J. Edwards took a monster stride forward. And Brandon Graham probably should have gotten comeback player of the year. And Josh Sweat re- rebounded. But they had a problem in the middle of their line. And we saw it early, in about the middle of the season, when teams, the template to beat the Eagles, the commanders uh, wrote it. And so said, well, let's run the ball right, right at their tackles. And we controlled the game. We keep Hurts off the field. And that was the template. And then Howie goes, okay, well, it means I got to fortify. So he fortifies. And he and he gets Linval Josephing. And he gets Sue. And th- while those guys weren't superstars, the rotation of four that they had in there was a the stroke of genius. And so wh- when you put it all together, it's not easy to put a team together that fits like they fit. And Howie Roseman, and I'll give him credit, he found the players that fit
1: perfectly with this team. Am I right? No question. Uh, You're 100% right. Yes.
0: All right. So now let's look at what we have uh, ahead of us. Um, As I'm speaking here, I I don't know. Do you have a score in that game? Uh, There is nine minutes left
1: in the game. It is tied at 20. Kansas City has a third and long at their own, I want to say, it's third and nine. Okay, at their own
0: so uh, I'm trying to figure out. The, the Eagles all year long have been disrespected in, in power rankings and such. Uh, so I'm curious to know, whoever survives this AFC game, and frankly, I, I bet the Kansas City Chiefs on the money line. So uh, to me, the more intriguing matchup, is that the Eagles would play the Chiefs with that Andy Reid dynamic, and I want the Eagles desperately to beat him. And it's not because I dislike him. It's because I think I get more satisfaction out of him. He, he has become the, the golden child as far as NFL coaches go, and I guess he deserved that and what he's done in Kansas City. But um, And people think fondly of him here. I don't think as fondly as a lot of people because they lost three NFC title games that they should have won and they were predicted to win. So I always, I always hold the grudge against the Andy Reid's and Donovan McNabb's in the world because they didn't cash the ticket. So that's the matchup I want. Uh, so I, I'm thinking that the Eagles – could the Eagles possibly be a favorite in the Super Bowl after all the disrespect they've gotten so far?
1: I would be shocked if Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are an underdog. I really would. Cincinnati, you might have a shot just because the way Vegas puts a line out, as you know, they put the line out to get an equal amount of betting on each side. Well, if you put a line out where the Bengals are a favorite, the whole world is going to pound the Eagles after what they just did in the postseason. So that's why you I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, well, I, I happen to agree. I think the, I
0: think the chiefs could be a one point favorite. I yeah. think the Eagles would be a two point favorite over the Bengals.
1: Uh, that's about what I would have it too.
0: So, so we'll see what happens now. There, there, are, there are a couple issues that uh, I, I want to discuss also. I, I, you know, uh, Nick Sirianni to me, when he was hired, I was perplexed. And so I, I've got my come to Jesus moment here. The guy is a pretty good coach and his second year taking his team to the Super Bowl what, with and they, they gave him really good pieces to do it. But there's something about this guy that connects. So I'm going to give him a lot of credit for what he's done this year. When they first hired him, I said this could never work. This Harry High School stuff is, is never going to work. To his credit, he evolved a little bit. Now, I believe that. People don't like him, and that was the reason why he wasn't voted as a top three for coach of the year because of some of the antics he does on the sidelines, which, frankly, are a little a little juvenile. Um, you know, when he's, he's in the face of fans in, in Indianapolis or, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's snarking at an official that I know what I'm doing and, and, and that kind of thing. I, I think the world does, looks at him as not a likable guy. But he's done a hell of a job, and he's coordinated that staff. And so, therefore, I'm going to give credit to Jonathan Gannon, who everybody criticized because he wasn't aggressive enough. He knew exactly what he was doing with his defense. He knew he had a defensive line that didn't need extra pressure that they could get home with four guys, especially with Hassan Reddick, And and so that enabled him to have a a better pass coverage. And it played out that way the whole year. So I'm going to give Gannon credit. He was right on handling his team. Shane Steichen I didn't know anything about. And so Shane Steichen cultivated an offense that featured Jalen Hurts, and what he knew is that they couldn't defend Jalen Hurts on zone reads. They couldn't defend on an RPO because he overmatches anybody. They he he gives the Eagles an extra guy. The, the defense is short a guy because of what Jalen Hurts is able to do and the threat of the things that he can do in the zone read. So I, I'm I am just like overwhelmingly positive with what this team has accomplished this year. And if I've lived through a lot of Eagle teams. I lived through the team that, that Andy Reid cultivated that went to the Super Bowl in, in 2004. I lived through the Doug Peterson time. I have never been more impressed by an Eagle team than this team because of what they do. They had an answer for almost everything this year. And there was only one game where I think that this coach – Really was out coached, and that was the. I can't explain the Saints game, but uh, listen when, when you win that many games, you finish 14 and three with two of the losses being with your backup quarterback, you're doing a great job. So, uh, you know, I don't know how this is going to end. So, let me let me ask you this now, um, Philadelphia fans, um, they're in the Super Bowl now. And I always look at it like, if you lose to a better team in the Super Bowl, it can't be that disappointing. Um, Are the Eagles the better team? In other words, if they lost this Super Bowl, would this town be devastated or pretty pleased with what they accomplished as they were with the Phillies in the World Series?
1: I think they would be wrecked because this is the first time I think that they are – they you can say that you can make an argument they're the better team you couldn't say that against the patriots in 2017 you certainly couldn't say it against the patriots in 2014 i'm sorry, in 2004 um, you know i just i feel like this is the first time where we are the big boy and that defense what they've been doing to teams is righteous man like they are just destroying offensive lines they're making quarterbacks of all shapes and sizes buckle. And, and, and yeah, you could, Philly fans right now, you puff your chest out a little bit. That defense is, they're just a bunch of dogs, man. They get after you. And they're and they should feel confident. And if because they're that, that confidence is here that wasn't there the last couple Super Bowls, yes, it will hurt even more. You might be
0: right. Um, because they, you're right. They, this is to me the most complete team they've had, and uh, I look at it and I go, they they really don't have any weaknesses. Even like this so-called weakness where they couldn't stop the run, uh, I'm not so sure. Like if 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 Cincinnati is the opponent, then maybe we got to worry a little bit about that. But uh, if Kansas City is the opponent, I don't think that you worry that that much about it. Uh, they they ha- and Let me just say this about Lane Johnson because you know the word came down that he kind of reto. Uh, that that core muscle in in the week before and, and he again came back and played a monster game against a really tough pass rusher in Nick Bosa and uh, Bosa didn't get home that much and, and I was kind of surprised that they didn't move Bosa over uh, against Jordan Mailata but I guess they they thought that Lane Johnson was going to be a weakness with their scouting report and he wasn't a weakness so their offensive line is uh, impenetrable. Their defensive line ha- has really performed at a high level. Um, I, I don't see uh, where any team that they play in the Super Bowl is going to have a game plan that defeats them. I, I really don't. Uh, and so we're, we're talking about another parade. I First of all, I can't believe how the fortunes have turned in Philadelphia. You had a World Series baseball team now going into a Super Bowl and, and most likely Super Bowl-winning football team into a Sixers team that's red hot. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I lived in the 1980, and I remember the, the excellence of the three teams back then. And we, we now we have to we fast forward 40 years, and the same thing is happening in Philadelphia, and it's pretty special.
1: You know, I'll be honest with you. the pe- The fact that we have a World Series in a Super Bowl in three months is astounding to me. Partly because, and we've talked about it before, uh, this Eagles team was pathetic—not pathetic last year, but they were really bad. I mean, they won, they made the playoffs, uh, you know, with 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 some stupid record, and they got kind of embarrassed themselves against the Bucs. and then the Phillies. Like, the Phillies came out of nowhere, and the Phillies were slowly building, I think. And Dombrowski was the right hire, obviously, at GM. But, you know, nobody expected them to get to the World Series this year. And coming into this season, no one expected the Eagles. So just back-to-back like this, and now to see the Sixers really red hot, you know, are we going to get sucked in again? (laughs) That's That's what I worry about with the Sixers. Are we getting sucked in at the same time that we get sucked in every year with them? But it is incredible. A World Series and a Super Bowl, for me anyway, within three months. It's three months. It's dream come true. It really is.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, let me just say something about the 49ers. And, and I know I just got done doing a, a post-game show with Seth Joyner. Seth Joyner I don't feel sorry for anybody. Uh, I actually felt a little sorry for him at the end because they evaporated. Uh, and you know, they, they had a great season and all of a sudden they come into this game and they go, Oh my God, we don't have a quarterback. And they turned it into a hockey game. In the end, there was, there was a, a hockey game message that was said, and poor Kayvon Wallace got ragdolled by a big offensive lineman. Uh, but their frustration was such that, like if I was a 49er fan, it w- it would have been a helpless feeling for me to watch this game. And it's where I don't feel sorry for him, and I don't feel sorry for the team, they got their, their ass whooped because Hassan Redick made a play on the quarterback. And, and, but they lost four quarterbacks this year. And, and, uh, and in spite of that, they got to this game. And a lot of people thought that they, they were the fashionable pick to win this game, and they limped out of this they game. Really I mean, did they win. never had a chance uh, in this game. And then in the end, they, their frustration showed with a kind of a hockey scrub. And I got to tell you uh, something
1: that bugged me about this. The coach of the year finalist, by the way, who was across the way from yeah. the one who didn't make the finalist. He, now, the yeah. Purdy's arm must have been falling off. And you, may, you, you alluded to Tommy John earlier. Maybe he needs it because with just over a minute left in the third quarter, down 21, that coach of the year finalist was huddling up and running run play after run play after run play. He was mailing it in. You got to be kidding me. If I was a well, under- What did you deal- expect him to do? Uh, anything. Wait, wait no, seriously. You, you expected he was going to have Purdy
0: throw the ball? Pur- Purdy obviously told them when he came off of the sidelines, he gave him the. Uh- he gave him the nah. and I don't think it. Well, you know, you better have Tommy John surgery. Seriously, how do you give him the nah? Your team needs you here. You gotta, you gotta suck it up. Now, again, I, I I'm gonna look like a fool if he's got a torn ligament or whatever the ulnar uh, collateral ligament. Because I know what that's about being a baseball player. Uh, But what did you expect Shanahan to do at that point? He had Christian McCaffrey left, Christian McCaffrey right. He had Christian McCaffrey throw the freaking ball on one play. He had him warming up on the sidelines.
1: What did he expect him to to do? championship game, man. You know, this is it. This is (laughs) it. You know, I don't care. Somebody (laughs) on that team can throw (laughs) a football 25 yards (laughs) downfield.
0: Well, listen. We're going to find out more about his condition uh, uh, later. But – and maybe, maybe Purdy should have sucked it up. I don't know. The, the fact that he was on the sidelines, and they're putting liniment on it. Like usually a doctor will go, yeah, I know what that is. Right. And, and they didn't. So I don't know what the reaction of San Francisco will be. But I, Mike, he looked like when he went out of the game, he like, you nah, know, I don't want any more of this. I don't want any more. Like, you know, and it, was, it was weird. Cause we're used to football players. Like Mahomes playing on one leg comes back in they Don't take me out of the game. And so it was weird to ha- have him defer like that. But in any event, the Eagles win the game 31 to 7. Congratulations to the people who won money uh, on, on the game, like me. <laughs> I took the Eagles in the game. I thought the game was going to be 24 to 20. Uh, it turned out to be uh, not as exciting as that. And the Eagles, with a golden ticket, win to the Super Bowl. And so now here's the question. These two weeks are going to be very interesting. Um, the survivor in the AFC has been there. The, this team has not. And you know what happens in Philadelphia. These guys are going to get their ass kissed. And they're going to be here and they're going to be there and they're going to be loving up. Like, the people are going to be loving up on them in the whole bit. And I just hope that doesn't deter from their focus when they go to Arizona. That's the only thing I worry about. It's a small. Listen, if I got the better team, I probably shouldn't worry about that. I got the better team. I'm going to the Super Bowl. I go, I'm the better team. What are you going to do about it? And uh, I think that they beat either Cincinnati or Kansas City and win the Super Bowl. And then we're talking about a parade. So uh, I appreciate everybody listening. I know you. Uh, if you're listening to this, you stayed up late. Maybe you're listening to it tomorrow morning. But we, we felt we had to give you a special reaction podcast tonight as the Philadelphia Eagles go to the Super Bowl. I couldn't wait. Till tomorrow morning. After the post-game show, I just did a two-and-a-half-hour post-game show. I couldn't wait till tomorrow. I had to give you a fresh reaction. And so hopefully you, you hung in there with us and, and enjoyed the uh, the views on this particular game. You're going to the Super Bowl again, fans. It's the city of winners. Who said it was the city of losers? The city of winners. Frick you, Boston. All right? All right, this is Mike Missinelli. the great people at Bed Rivers. Thank you so much, people at Bed Rivers. And uh, yeah, I cashed two tickets uh, with the Bet Rivers people today. So if you don't have the Bet Rivers app downloaded, it. it's very easy. And subscribe to the Mike Misnelli podcast. When you subscribe, it's for free. It'll come right to your doorstep, right to your phone, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Darren, thank you so much. I'm glad you had an experience with your daughters uh, at the NFC title
1: game. It was a great night. And it was a great uh, night. are you now going to try to get tickets for Arizona? No. Uh, n- first of all, I <laughs> first I would consider. Uh, you can't even get a hotel room with him because you got the Phoenix Open the day before, the same weekend. You can't get a room anywhere. I don't think there's a hotel room yeah, available you, you, in Arizona. You pretty much
0: have to stay. You have to stay in L.A. Yeah. And, and get, get, commute to the gate. I'm not doing that. In Arizona. But, you know, I'm... A, I- <laughs> I've already been asked by five, like like I'm Mr. Ticket. Oh, we hey, you, you can you give me a Super Bowl? <laughs> what, do you want me, what am I? <laughs> like I'm I'm a schmo? No, I don't have that connection to get to the Super Bowl. But if you're going and you got a trip planned, hey. Salud. have fun man because this is going to be a fun two weeks and we're going to be we're going to be coming at you a, a few times this week with some really good guests to analyze this season and what is next the season is not over yet i am mike Masnelli. thanks for listening to the podcast everybody let's go eagles see you later